So the Q&A that we're doing here, this is the format that we take inside of our Creators Club Magic Minds. So every two weeks we do a community Magic Mind where everybody comes on screen like this, everybody has questions, and we give time in the hot seat to do coaching. So we're going to spend whatever time is needed on each of the questions you all pre-submitted. And if we have time at the end for more questions, we'll take them. But we have, we have a long list of awesome questions to get through. And my guess is that the majority of the answers to the questions we're going to be answering are going to be relevant to all of you. So that's the beauty of this is we're all building online businesses. We're all in the same uh, essentially line of work, even though we're doing different things. So everything we're going to be talking about is going to be relevant to the worlds you're creating on the Internet. So let us begin. Claudia, do you want to start with the first question? Oh, I should introduce ourselves. I'm Bradley. <laughs> so I'm the founder of Magic Media and Magic Kids. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. These types of magic minds, I've been leading these circles for seven years, every two weeks. I don't think I've had a break from doing that aside from at Christmas time. So um, I am, I've been doing this a long time and supported hundreds of creators like all of you to do your thing on the internet with more ease and clarity. And I'm going to pass the torch over to Neil. Hey, everybody. Good to see you all here today. Uh, I'm Neil Santos. Uh, I've owned a couple of businesses, a guitar studio, website design businesses. I uh, do multimedia developing for a higher education uh, school. And uh, also, I've created e-commerce sites, membership sites, and I'm a graphic designer as well. So I do a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to be here with you guys today and see if I can help out in any way. I'll pass the torch over to Claudia. I hope that worked with the... Hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. Nice to see you all. I'm so excited. There's some really good questions that we are going to answer and dig into. So uh, my name is Claudia Miro. My business is The Inspired Brand. And for 14-ish years, I've been uh, mostly a brand strategist, web designer, developer, and marketing communications consultant for nonprofits, coaches, authors, content creators, uh, retreat leaders, et cetera. So I've kind of been in the trenches with my clients over the past 14 years, figuring out this world of the web and online marketing um, and really helping people tell their story through not only their messaging, but their visuals and really communicating and creating hubs for all the things they want to create in the world and communities they want to gather. So it's been a, a deep dive, this uh, five-week journey with everybody. I've actually been clarifying my own vision for what I'm creating and, and here with Creators Club, it's just so exciting to be able to coach and teach and, and connect with other amazing inspired creators. So really excited to join uh, everybody and dig in. So, oh, is it my turn? Merritt Bradley, you want me to go first? Okay, well here we are going, oh, by the way, Yes, we are starting, we're kicking off Creators Club. Uh, May 2nd is the when the doors open. So we're taking applications. We've received some awesome um, applicants so far. We're growing this inspired community of people who really want to do business and life in an inspired, creative way and really are creating content that makes an impact. So we're supporting you with 
coaching resources, community templates, really being with you in the trenches, helping you guide you through all the different steps that it takes. So the Creators Club is um, a really conscious community of really amazing people and um, really excited to see kind of what is shaping up with that. So if you are interested, submit your application at magicmedia.com. I think Bradley put the link in there. So join us, just submit your application. We can at least start the conversation. We'll um, be taking enrollment, like I said, through April 20 second, but hopefully opening it back up every few months or so. So um, stay connected with us regardless. And okay, that's enough of the pitch. Let's dig in. <laughs> All right, you guys. So the first question is from Joshua. And hi, Joshua. Nice to meet you. I have not met you yet, I think, but um, very lovely to see your website and all that you're up to. So Joshua, you had asked that basically your consultancy story weaving media is, um, I'll just, I'll read what you submitted. Does that work? Okay. So through my consultancy story weaving media, I offer a service, which is quite unique in order to help people tell highly impactful life-changing stories. I take them through a four-step process. I call the story weaving strategy with this process, within this process, the storyteller to be gets a deeply insightful reality check. We use a therapeutic method I have created to resolve their internal stories. This helps us to identify what I call the emotional pillars, which were holding the internal stories intact. So I'm just gonna cut to the question because I'm doing work that most people are highly unfamiliar with and often intimidated by, what is the best way to introduce this type of work to someone for the first time? Um, and I think that was the first question that, that really resonated for me. What I read, what you were asking, it felt like you've been in this deep, process of creation of like birthing this thing into the world and so when we're in that process it's really easy to get stuck in the how and the process of it right and so I think now you're shifting gears into okay how does this thing connect to other people how does this resonate and why would somebody else care <laughs> you know and I think that's really the fundamental piece that we talked about this a little bit last week where really anchoring in like who is that person that is really going to benefit from what you're, what you're, you're, you're creating, you know, creating an avatar, you know, is this person just starting a business? Are they reinventing a business, you know, really anchoring that in. Um, and really, I think when I saw your website, I think it's, it's still in process maybe, but it's beautiful. It's very striking and it's captivating. What I would say is really I would want some messaging to stand out a little bit more. So it's taking, cause you really get into the, the details of what is involved in each and every module. And instead I would call it out, like what is the impact that you're gonna make? You know, why, what is the main thing that you help people in each of those steps? And then if they wanna dig in, great. <laughs> they, you can, they can click a little read more. But I think the big thing that's, that needs to leap off the page is like, what's in it for me, you know? that you will help transform them from unclear to clear, that you will help them create compelling stories for their audience to connect to, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so, and you can help. And I would literally do that for each page. Like there's the main message on each page that I would want to like create before you even start designing the page, figure out what is the one thing you want people to, to really get from each of the pages. Okay, that's enough of my initial rant. <laughs> Bradley, Neil, anybody? Have anything to yeah i i appreciate what you said about just like really understanding the avatar i think that's it's something that i think almost anybody and everybody 
in the first five years of doing their thing needs to constantly come back to because as we evolve as our work evolves as we create more uh the people that we're we're serving become clearer and more aligned it becomes more obvious of like oh like this is this is the tribe of people that i'm i'm supposed to be working with um i would say at this stage like when i go to your website uh i, I love the sacred geometry it's super cool the uh, the it is striking. What I would love to see is is an introductory process. Like, help me get a result in a quick period of time. And I mean, you know, this is like very standard, um, create a free opt-in sort of thing. It, whether it's like a quiz or a survey or it's like a, a video series, an audio series, a journaling process. Like, help me get my first result and i think if you can if you can facilitate an experience that helps somebody come to your website sign up for a thing and in like 20 minutes they've had an epiphany they realize that they're actually on a journey and and you can help lead them forward i like when i look at the website just at first glance i didn't spend a lot of time on it i find that that's one of the things that's missing is is like help me move forward so even an ebook um ebooks are great they're informative they help people to uh do it but i mean that i can't remember the last time i saw the stats but the you know for people that opt in for an ebook and actually read the whole ebook the stats are even lower than the the online education completion rate which is like you know a three percent completion rate so what can you do with the content you created for the ebook could you create an audio series with some of like the fundamental pieces of that ebook or could you create a workbook that it, that you can like derive from the content in the ebook could you create a workbook that's like half a page of information and three exercises that they do or like here's a five minute audio and here's a three exercise worksheet that you're going to do to get your first result like it doesn't have to be complicated does not have to be fancy you know go with the branding that you already have but create a process or, or something that's gonna get me started on the journey with you so that you do less explaining of what you do and you just get me a result quicker so that i'm ready for the next step and you don't have to sell me on the next step so that would be that would be my thoughts first glance thank I think you so much oh sorry i just I had another idea that with Bradley saying that's the beginning of the journey with you, I, I have the same exact feeling where, where you offer that sort of quick win, but then that's just the beginning of the relationship. You can follow that up with emails and, and things like that, because a lot, it seems like a lot of your question is they don't, they don't understand it. They don't, you know, know this sort of thing exists. So maybe you can slowly over time educate them and not just selling them all the time, just check in three times a week and tell them how this is uh, manifesting itself in your life every day and just say, oh, know what happened to me yesterday? This happened. And that's kind of how my process comes in and blah, blah, blah. And by the way, I have this service that you can also have, you know, and it keeps you top of mind and it starts getting them into your world. You know. So. Do you have a, an email list yet, Joshua? Yeah, like uh, probably 500 or so. It's not huge, but it's something. That's big. That's 500 humans that want to hear from you. 
-hmm. I mean, we did, we did a 35,000 launch for one of our partners last year. She had 130 people on her email list. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you can do when you have 500 engaged people reading your emails. And for her, her open rate was over 60%. So if you're providing a lot of value to that email list, that can go a long way. There's a lot you can do. Um, and you know, if you're creating a business model that doesn't require you to have 10,000 people on your email list, that you know, could you design a business model that only requires a handful of highly engaged people that you can work with in a long-term basis? If you do that, you can earn the income you need while you're really doing this deep work with people and while you're refining it to, to create it to be a more scalable model. Uh, you know, the one-to-one -one and one-to-few relationships that you have when you're early stage starting out, those are absolutely invaluable. And so many creators try to scale before they've actually worked with enough individuals to really define the body of work and the people that they're here to create with. So I would say, I think a suggestion that Claudia Neal and I would all agree on is find ways that you can stay in people's front of mind, that 500 treat your 500 people on your email list like gold as neil said take some time in the the next week or two to create a series of emails and experiences that really spark engagement in that audience so that they can get to know you better and you can get to know them better they are like that's your gold right there is is those people that are already on your email list hmm. could i uh bring bring one more thing is is the um concern about the technical lingo i'm I'm kind of wondering about if it's my job to more educate them on the meanings of the lingo or to use uh, more commonly used words so that the lingo is not as necessary or relevant. I, I think, again, people don't really care what it's called. They don't care. <laughs> I hate to say the words they don't care, but it's true. What I've kept like reminding myself is, we care so much about what we call our thing and what we make it sound very sexy and whatever, but it's about what is the impact for them. So I would really focus on that piece more than anything, because I think, you know, you know what you're doing and you have to have that confidence when you put a website out, you know, one of the websites I'm working on right now, it is so it's we're, we're following this um, concept of essentialism. We're like nothing more than what is exactly necessary and essential goes on that page because that's the energy that she wants to convey is like, I know what I'm doing. And when people come to you, they're coming because they've heard from you or they've, they've gotten compelled in some way, or they've been referred to you, you know, so there's this attraction already. So you just need to like, give them the confidence that you do know what you're doing. You don't need to prove it to them. And so, and yes, you can educate through your blog content, through your video content, and then that's where you kind of like do the deeper dive. But in that initial website introduction, it should really be like addressing that person that's coming. What is their pain point? And that was the thing I was going to remember to mention is really make a list of look at your email list right now and just look at the people that are on it. What are their businesses? What are they struggling with? What are, you know, and really create that, um, list of avatars, but mostly like, what are the challenges that those people are going to face day to day in their business that you can solve? And how do you connect it more to like the work that you do? Um, and so, you know, I've been doing that right now. All of a sudden I started emailing my list more because I have something exciting to share, but I've been really talking about my own process as I've been distilling my own mission, my own message. Why? Because I want to be authentic. 
in my branding. I want to talk to people. I don't want to market to people. And all of my clients are struggling to do the same thing. So that's what I would say. The best form of marketing is having conversations. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You know, if you're just having conversations, people are either going to resonate, they're either going to be engaged and enrolled to come on a journey and have more conversations with you. And at a certain point, it'll make sense if there's a monetary exchange because you have a product or a program or a course or a workshop series or whatever it might be. But if you're if you're having conversations, then you're doing marketing. That is it. Um, I'll just add that I'm kind of like transitioning from uh, working more in like a one-on-one -on -one therapeutic capacity with like uh, people who tend to uh, look for exactly what I have. And I'm kind of migrating toward people who are more like uh, business oriented and are not necessarily looking for this and don't know it exists. And so, um, you know, my uh, audience is, is changing and um, I, I am getting the sense that the level of education necessary is also changing. Um, I really like the, uh, the quick win idea because this gives me um, the chance to connect with them or, or allow them to have a connection uh, right away so that they can either say, yes, I want more of this or, you know, this isn't relevant for me. Yeah. I mean, I see on your website, or I saw you, you posted like one of your goals is working with somebody like Marvel. Yeah. And so when you're doing your messaging exercises, when you're working on that, how do you make your work relevant to a company like that? How do you weave in myths and the hero's journey into your messaging so that people are blown away by the way you're telling a story on your website? And all that that's going to take is practice. You're not going to go rewrite your website today. What you're going to do is go write 20 emails that go out in the next, say, three months. And that's how you're going to refine your website. Every time you write one of those emails and you provide value to those 500 people on your email list, you're going to be like, oh, I wrote the paragraph over here. That's gold. I'm taking that and put it on my website. And so I would say, like, for you, it's, it's the relationship part of your work that you now need to really focus on. It's like you have your, your process, but people don't want to buy your process. Mm -hmm. What they want to buy is where the process leads, the other side of that. Yeah. And that's what you're, you're talking about in the conversations that you're having with your audience. So on that note, do you think that um, the process being laid out and online is just totally unnecessary and I should just make that for people who are already enrolled? So, I mean, for the pro, you don't need to talk about step one, we do this, step two, we do that, step three, this is the thing that happens. The, the, for most people, that's overwhelming. They just want to know that you're taking them to the top of the mountain and that you're going to get there in the quickest, most effective and fun way possible. Mm -hmm. They just want you to be the tour guide. And so if your, if your goal is, you know, if your business is story weaving, then think about what is the top of the mountain that you're leading people to. Mm -hmm. If they can tell a better story, how does that impact their life? How does that impact their reputation? How does that impact who they become in the world? And if you can weave that in, nobody's going to ask you 
please show me your step-by-step -step formula of how we're going to get to the top of the mountain. I need to see the map. People don't, they, they honestly won't care about the map. They just want to know that you're getting them to the top of the mountain. I think a, a better use of your inner, your website real estate would be samples of your stories. So case studies, um, actually showing how you, you know, have helped, you know, what components you actually help define for people. So I know it's hard sometimes with story, but I, I've done this with a couple of clients who are copywriters and there's a way to do it to where you can really pull out the gems of what you helped clarify or create for somebody and then maybe visually, you know, um, create some visuals for it. But yeah, people will not make a decision. You want your website is really to get people to engage and to reach out to you, right? To be interested in working with you. So if they try to read too much information, it's overwhelming. They won't make a decision. So yeah, all that stuff could be in a PDF or a presentation that you walk people through once they're already interested in working with you. Got it. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right, should we let's, let's yeah. carry on? I hope that was helpful. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody. You're welcome, Joshua. I'm excited to see how it progresses for you in, say, the next three months. Make it about conversations and relationships, and mm -hmm. and the, there's going to be a lot that comes through. Yeah, thank you. All right. Everybody, was that, that helpful for other people as well? There's some good stuff in there. Okay, let's uh, go to the next one. Jennifer, who's not on the call right now, but... She had some great questions that I think will be super relevant. So question number one, how important is it to invest in a team for growth, for the growth of your business? How do you identify your needs as a business owner? What are some of the roles contract workers fill on your team? So this is a, this is a great question. Um, I mean, I think so many people question, should I have uh, should I have a team? Do I need to grow a team? Can I afford to grow a team? And I would say, hell yeah, everybody needs a team. I mean, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves and we truly want to do great work, everybody needs a team. Everybody needs to do the things that the, the chunk of work that absolutely drains your soul <laughs> because there's somebody out there who does those things and it lights their souls up. And imagine if you got the people to do that stuff and you did the stuff that lights your soul up, imagine what would happen to everything that you're doing. And there's just certain tasks. You know, if we, if we gave a dollar value of, say, your time's worth $100 an hour and certain tasks you're doing are, you know, they're just tedious. And you're paying yourself $100 an hour to do stuff that you have no business doing because there's people who will happily do it for $20 an hour. And we just have to like, we have to put on an entrepreneur hat sometime. And I mean, this is, this is a new game for me in the last five or six years out of my 17 year career of like really thinking in this way of there's just things I have no business doing anymore that, you know, it takes me five minutes of delegation. It takes somebody else an hour to two hours and 20 to $30 to go do these tasks. And so I would say as the entrepreneur and the creator, make a list of like, it's all about knowing ourselves. So what are our strengths? What do we love doing? What are the things that we know we have to do in order to like, get us to our next level, whatever our next level is. And then what are the things that drain our energy, take up the most time, and that you think somebody else would be able to do so much better? 
And obviously there's, there's a reality situation. And the reality is that sometimes we don't have money to pay people, but people, some people have an entrepreneurial spirit and they just don't have any good ideas right now to work on. And what I've done to get to where we're at with Magic Media is I enroll people as business partners. So you could find somebody that can work 20 hours a week and they could invest in your project. And maybe they have a part-time job on the side, but they can put in 15 or 20 hours into your business. And you could do a revenue share with them and figure out what is a fair split. And that obviously takes an exploration. You have to figure out how much money am I making right now? If I had paid 20% of that money to this person, how much would I have? And could I afford to do that right now? And if you have money and your business is making more money, it's, it's a thing of like releasing control of putting our trust in somebody else to do an exceptional job. And I always let people know at the beginning of the relationship that we're doing a three month experiment and we're gonna be honest every month, we're gonna have a check-in on what's going great, what could be improved and how we're feeling about the relationship and the partnership so that there's just open, honest, kind and caring communication that we wanna figure out if this is the best fit for you, your life and your goals and me and my life. And I've had plenty of relationships that they just like, actually, this wasn't fit. Let's just like, we tried it. It didn't work. I got to find somebody that is a better fit. That's going to be more passionate for the long term. And I mean, I'm going through that right now with my operations person. She stayed for six months. She's moving on. And that was, that was a choice that she made. I thought she was great, but she, it wasn't a fit for her lifestyle. And so I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's fine. Somebody better is going to fill that position. So should you get a team? Yes. You have to figure out what are the most important roles that are going to move you forward. Chances are the most important roles are either like your image. So if your image isn't looking professional online, then that might be an area that you want to find somebody that can uplift your image so that it resonates in a, in a new and upbeat way. If, you know, tech is a piece finding somebody that can do all the technical work for you so that you're not spending days and days stressed and frustrated and resenting the job that you're doing because you're doing something that is just not your strength. And I mean, I, for one, I am not a technical person. I've had technical people supporting me for years because that's just not my wheelhouse and that's okay. I don't have to learn it. <laughs> There's plenty of tech geeks out there that just love that. Um, I could go on, but Claudia, do you want to share anything as well? Because you, I know you're growing a team right now. Oof, this is a huge topic. Uh, this has been like a big part of my own karma in this lifetime of being able to go from someone who was able to do a lot of things and did all the things for a long time to then trusting, finding empowering and really creating the, the, you know, the, the infrastructure for somebody to actually come in and help me has been years in the making. And I've learned a lot of things the hard way. Um, but I'm at the point where I, you know, there's absolutely no way to grow at, at a certain point, you, you are just an army of one. <laughs> and is, as everybody knows, when you first start out, you have to do all the things, but eventually what you find is to really optimize your time, you know, you have to get the most juice out of your hour in every day, you know, in order to grow your business, scale your business. So it doesn't make sense if you're wanting to bill, you know, $200, 300, hopefully $1,000 an hour, let's say, 
and you're doing $15 an hour bookkeeping work just doesn't make sense. So that's the point where you have to really look at how am I spending my day? What is sucking my life force out of me that I hate doing and I don't want to do anymore and make a list and start with one thing. And that was the thing that I should have done a long time ago is not like I tried to find my unicorn person that did all these things that I needed done instead of just one person to do this one thing that I hate doing or that I don't have any business doing because it's only so bookkeeping was my easy one. That was $150 an hour to have this lovely group of people who I don't know how they do it for that cheap, but they do. And that's one hour of my billable time on the agency side, you know, and I was like, okay, that's, that's great. That's done. And I don't even have to, and they think about things that, cause they live in that world. They think about things I could never possibly remember or would probably stress myself out to remember. But I, I do think that it's about finding the things you, you really don't love doing that aren't filling your cup, that aren't making you excited about doing your task list for the day. And also the things that just don't make sense on paper. If it doesn't, bring in the revenue for your business, then let it go. And, you know, obviously marketing is one piece that people, they feel uh, intimidated because they think they have to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars. But really, um, I would find, you know, somebody who does the part that you don't really excel at. So if it's the graphic design part, you know, you give them a whole list of content, you give them all the things. It's actually not that much to find somebody to turn that with that into some templates. And, you know, you pay them a couple hundred dollars every so often to do that. So anyway, that's just some, a couple of notes that are front of mind, but the answer, the question was, do you need a team? Yes, absolutely. You cannot grow and scale your business without it. Um, you can burn yourself out trying, but um, I've done that for you. And how do you identify your needs as a business owner? Again, how do you, you just make that list? What is it that you hate doing? What is it that doesn't make sense on paper with money to do? And then what are some of the roles contract workers fill? So for me, I have a online business manager that I've just hired. So she does pretty much all the tasks and projects kind of like wrangles all the things and tries to keep me on uh, in some sort of focused manner. Uh, she's also doing um, a lot of the now like client management systems. So invoicing, uh, scheduling, just making sure that all those systems are up to date. We're creating um, process documents. So we know every single thing in our business, sort of what happens where, and there's checklists that are being created for those types of things, especially when you're launching courses and things like that, that creating templates and creating standard operating procedures are really helpful down the line. Um, okay. And it can be easy. You yeah. just, as you're creating stuff, you have an operations document already open and you just put it in and it doesn't get built in a day. It gets built over a year as you're doing things, you're creating the standard operation. And that makes it so much easier to hire people because as you're doing tasks, you're creating a space where it's like, Hey, you want to learn to do that? Here's the document. That's how you do it. That's how I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. So just want to add that. Yeah. I think website updates is another one. You know, if you're not a web designer and developer, find somebody who knows WordPress or knows Squarespace or whatever it is. Um, and you can hand them a list every month of the things that need to happen instead of you spending hours trying to figure out how to do the thing. So I, you know, as a web designer and developer, just find somebody who you can hand that stuff off to. Um, but yeah, those are some of the easy ones. I, I love the piece that you said about you were searching for a unicorn. But what everybody really wants is like just somebody that's specialized in the one or two things. And 
they might only work for you three or six hours a month. You know, like if they're doing technical work, it's not like you're going to be paying them 20 hours a week. You know, the, the chances are it's, that's not what it's going to be. And so understanding that, that you're looking for specialized people. Like I have 18, at least 18 contractors I'm working with right now because of Magic Kids. But most of those people, you know, they're not working 40 hours a week or anything like that. Like some of them are working five hours a week, some are 10, some are three. And so it really varies depending on the job. But I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without any of them. So, yeah. Well, another another quick uh, way to figure it out is what are the tools you're using? What are the ones that are like really frustrating for you, whether that's Shopify or, you know, all these other things that we have in our business. Each of you have unique sets of you know, systems that you're working with. So find somebody who like rocks at that. Cause that was, you know, for me, it was WooCommerce back in the day. I was, you know, a web designer that had to use it, but I found somebody who just specialized in that. And those, all the tasks that were that, you know, under that umbrella would go to that person. He would crank it out in two hours, save me 20 and it was lovely. So yeah. Let's go to part two. Oh yeah. Go for it, Neil. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it reminds me of the quote. Um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You yeah. know, um, my experience is just with tech work and, and things I didn't know about in the web design business, like coding and stuff. And I went to Upwork and hired people, you know, a la carte on them almost, you know. Um, and that's what I would suggest too. When you're hiring, you don't have to worry about, I want to be working with this person for the rest of my business, you know, like hire for one project one little part of a project, see how they do, you know, it might blow up in your face and you might be, okay, that wasn't the right person. And then you get someone else and eventually you find someone you trust and then you can kind of build a relationship with them. So that's just another idea. And as, as you said, like, and if you hire somebody and it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean hiring somebody is the wrong thing. It just means that wasn't the right fit for the person, which is why, as Neil said, like a short-term project to see how they work, how they communicate. I mean, communication is the most important piece. That's huge. Like if they can communicate and they're able to learn and do their work, then that's great. Communication is so important. So you can learn a lot about people based on how they do their proposals and how they respond to your emails. Do they have a personality that makes you feel good when you read their emails? If they don't, then that's something to pay attention to. Um, these next two, are, uh, the answer is going to be super short. So how important is it to invest money into marketing and ads? I don't spend money on ads. Um, it's just, I haven't done it for Magic Media for years. There's a, there's a link right there that I just posted on creating awesome partnerships. That's the four ways you can grow your business. That's a workshop that I taught. Um, I highly recommend if you're looking for partnerships to, to go through that workshop. But basically, uh, you don't need to do paid marketing. As I said 20 minutes ago, marketing is having conversations. So if you're early days, have as many conversations about the thing you're passionate about. Go into Facebook groups, engage with people, have conversations, write content, send three emails a week to your email list, host Zoom conversations just like this with the people on your email list. Hey, everybody, we're getting together for 60 minutes to have a conversation about this topic. It doesn't have to be planned. It can be authentic and spontaneous. You don't have to, you know, as much, as many conversations as you're able to have about your topic. That's how you're going to get known. And you don't have to do paid ads. Uh, 
and I actually don't recommend it unless you are specialized and you've learned about it or you have a whole bunch of money to lose. I mean, I've lost tens of thousands of dollars on ads over the years and I've sworn them off. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's, unless you have somebody that's willing to do it. And, and some of our clients, I mean, they spend, when they do a launch, they're spending over $200,000 on ads to have a successful campaign. That's because they have over $200,000 that they can lose before making money. And so if you don't, if you only have like, I got a thousand dollars to spend on ads, think of something more creative that you could do with that money. Host a luncheon in your hometown for people, like find ways that you can have more conversations and save that thousand dollars for something better, like hiring somebody. Um, so it's all about relationships. Business is, and always has been about relationships. And social media has made us forget that because everybody's looking for followers. We don't need followers. What we need is engaged, connected people that resonate with us and what we're doing. And we resonate with them and how they're living. So that's all we're looking for. And how do we arrive to those places? We have conversations. Conversations lead us to resonance. Resonance leads to contacts and clients and all the things. So just find more ways to create resonance with the people you're communicating with. And an ads person would completely disagree with what I say. They'd be like, you're crazy to not spend $200,000 on ads because that'll turn into a million dollars. And yeah, if you have $200,000 to lose, by all means, go lose it. This leads into your the third part of this question though. For me, I had this conversation the other day and it was like, um, when's the last time you clicked on a sponsored ad? in your feed, you know, if you do use social media, for me, it's never like, I literally just scroll past them. You know, that's me. And again, I don't know, maybe it does work for some people. <laughs> maybe some people are really like paying attention to those. I don't. And the other piece of this though, is, um, I think for me, my clients have never found me on social media. They have an ongoing conversation with me, but it's not the place where people find me. And I think that's the part that we need to focus on is like, yeah, like Bradley said, how do you want to spend a thousand dollars, $2,000, if you even have that kind of budget. Right. Um, and I think we, we play with money when it's digital, like it feels like play money. Oh, and some social media person tells you, you need to spend this much. You don't think about it, but yeah, you could host a luncheon. <laughs> so just, well, how do you want to grow your business is the, is the point of that. Speaking of luncheons, my, my buddy who was the, he was the chairman of global earth day back in the eighties and nineties when it grew from like zero to 400 million people before the internet. He uh, went on to do green investing afterwards. And when he grew his invest, how he grew his investment business is he spent like a bit of money getting a designer to make these beautiful handwritten envelopes or handwritten letters. And he got the contacts of the wealthiest people in Victoria and he invited them to a luncheon that he paid for. And they got these like beautiful sealed envelopes that like they looked high quality. And he invited them to a lunch at a fancy hotel. He paid for everything. And then as a part of it, you know, he built his network and he, he essentially did his pitch over the luncheon and that set him up for a 30 year career. That one lunch set his 30 year career up. And so there's ways that we can go about business 
I would say the old fashioned way is oftentimes the better way because it's where real connection takes place in the real world. As, as often as we can do that is better. I mean, this is real world. You're all here. We're all connecting in a way, but whatever you can do to create those types of contacts and, and connections. So um, the last, the last uh, question, short answer, can you grow a business without social media? The answer is 100%. And if you go to the link I just posted, uh, the first Creators Club launch event we did was on business without social media. I have another video on YouTube that's also business without social media and a whole bunch of other videos that are around marketing. So you can check those out. You don't need social media. Nobody needs social media, except for Mark Zuckerberg. All right. Those are great questions, Jennifer. Those led to some uh, awesome conversations. Neil, do you want to read the next question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next question is from David Duty, who's on the call here. Um, on URLs, uh, David says, I sell trading courses. Um, a URL for 20 plus years was commonsensecommodities.com. And I thought it might be better to use my name as the URL, davidduty.com. And I'm using my name now as the URL. Uh, my thinking was by using my name, it would not limit me to only commodities. Uh, when I started 20 plus years ago, I had the number one rated course to learn and trade and did quite well, uh, 100K a year. Now, I can't even get people to come sign up for a newsletter, much less buy anything. I was once a big fish in a small pond. Now I'm a minnow in the whole ocean. Uh, what would you suggest I use for my URL? Um, this, I'm sure this happens a lot. Um, what I think happened here is you had 20 years of clout with Google, like this 20 year relationship where they said, oh, I know common sense commodities. They've been around forever. They have all these great links going to them. They know all these other people that vouch for them. They, you know, the name is something that people search for. So when people search for that sort of thing, I'm going to send it to them because, because we know that they're a trusted site. And then you turned it on its head and you turn it into your name, um, which made sense because then you can start to offer different services and not just that. But in Google's eyes, now you're a different person completely. It doesn't recognize you. You showed up to the party with the disguise on, you're going by a different name and it's like, who's this? And you're like, no, it's just, it's still me. But so I think that's what happens as far as the SEO part of your, your, your problem went. But also I think it's like the, Another thing is the book by its cover thing. They're, they see the cover of the book and it says your name. They don't know what's inside. They don't understand that it's about commodities at all. Um, so you have to re-teach people your story and how to see you and, and what it is you offer, I think. Um, so it would, it's going to be a little bit of a haul to, to redo your SEO and, um, and, and educate people. Maybe something like... A, like we had uh, mentioned for Joshua, some sort of offering, something to kind of get them started. And then you can kind of educate them through email, create that relationship, be there, be present in their life and start to say, hey, I do this, you can trust me. And then go directly to them. And at the same time, build up your trust back with Google over time and stuff. And maybe Claudia could talk a bit more about that, um, how to get back on Google's and Google's good graces. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is an ongoing conversation. So SEO is a big 
topic, but I'll just, without boring you guys with some, I think a lot of you are dealing with SEO in some way or shape or form or will be. So I'll just give you the quick rundown. So when you switch an uh, URL, essentially David had this amazing Google juice that had been built up on, on the web around commonsensecommodities.com. So now you're basically saying, nope, whoop, I'm daviddutycom but this is still the same content, right? So there's some technical things that you need to do to just tell Google, hey, this is the same stuff. Um, basically, this is the same relevant content when people search for these things. So if David, I think you're on Wix, correct? For your website? That's correct. Okay, have you set up Google Search Console? Have you worked with that yet? Uh, a little bit. Okay, so inside of Google has all these tools and most of them you'll find if you go to just Google Search Console is the big one. So what that will allow you to do is sort of um, create like a re-index of your site around your pages and your content. And you need to kind of tell Google, hey, this is the new outline of my pages and you're connecting the dots from your old domain to this domain. The other thing, if you haven't set up what's called 301 redirects, I don't know if you've done that yet. Yes, I have. Okay, great. So that's going to start to, again, redirect all the links from your old stuff that's showing up online over to the new one. And then Google will start to make the connection that this is the new site. Um, inside of Google Search Console, you can also create a site map. Have you done that and submitted that to Google? Uh, I think so. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I, I'll send you some resources, David, with um, Matt or that uh, Bradley can send out. And I'll just mention on your website end, I would, if I had one thing to tell people is if you want to optimize for SEO, WordPress is probably one of the strongest platforms for SEO juice. Um, Wix is an older kind of template. Uh, structure. So the way that they code their sites is just not optimal for Google. Um, and so if you're just focusing on SEO, I would even just take exactly what you have on this Wix site and have somebody migrate it over to a, a newer template inside of um, a WordPress site, if that's if that's a possibility. Um, I, did, I did have a WordPress site. And I was paying, uh, paying somebody, you know, a thousand or $2,000 a month to do minor changes. Oh, that's not, uh, that's not right. <laughs> so I, I can't learn WordPress. I tried. Uh, uh, I WordPress is not in my vocabulary anymore. <laughs> Got it. So I'm sorry you had the traumatic experience, but that doesn't sound um, like a, like what you would need to spend if you were to find the right person. So um, anyway, but I understand the hesitance, especially if you had that kind of experience. So this is just some thoughts and there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different people out there to help you with some of those things. Um, but anyway, there's, there's a bigger conversation inside of Creators Club. We're probably going to geek out on SEO a little bit and go into more specific stuff. So I won't bore everybody with the technical stuff on this call, but um, but yeah, I think it's just, it is going to take time to just really make sure that, and, and just tracking it. So if you're already set up on Google analytics and everything, and you're just going to see, you know, what happens over time. Um, yeah. All right. So if, if you don't mind, I'd like to be clear. Would you go back to the old domain that's been around for 20 years or would you say... I my new name. I, I would not um, just, well, from a practical standpoint, I think there's nothing, I'll send you a link to this article. You can walk through all those steps, David. And, and I think it's, it might have a dip for a few months, but I think over 
the next few months, if you start doing these things, you should be back to where you were. Um, and it, what the thing that Google cares about is relevant, recent content, like new content that is being submitted to the site that is relevant. So there's a bunch of things that ding your SEO score. One of the main things is that people don't update any content on their site. So if Google is seeing that your site is outdated or hasn't had any new content on it recently, it's going to start to go down in the ranks because they assume you're just not current, right? You're not an active business. Um, so the number one thing I would say is start feeding your current page, your current uh, website with some relevant content with the keywords that you want to start ranking for. Okay. Uh, I had one question. My mind went blank. Uh, on courses, if you have a course, a paid course, like on Wix, do you know if Google will SEO that or not? Um, if you have a course on Wix, so anything that's at a URL, Google will rank in some way. So the way that you get it to, you know, rank it more is to, it's a combination of things, right? So the name of the course, does it show up on your homepage? Are you, um, are you driving traffic to that website in a variety of different ways? Are there other pages on the web that reference that, that page? Um, do people stick around when they go? I mean, there's so many factors that go into SEO, as we know. Um, but yes, anything that has a URL, Google will will rank. Okay, thank you. Uh, I mean, I've I've done uh, Google searches on sentences out of my courses, you know, with the quotes around it. They don't find it. It's not there. Bing doesn't find it. Google doesn't find it. Interesting. Um, I would I would recommend having a conversation with somebody. Obviously, it's hard. I've heard horror stories about SEO consultants, so I get the hesitance, but at some point you do kind of need to consult with people who know, can really do a proper audit of your site if you're having issues like that, because there's a lot of different factors at play. And I would say just to add on to everything around the SEO, I mean, that's definitely not my wheelhouse, but I would look at um, what was your traffic like when you were making 100K? And what's your traffic like now? I mean, are people still coming to your website? And if you're still getting a decent amount of traffic, then I would look at just the overall branding and design. To me, the website does look, it looks old, like the style of the website. Um, and so there might be, you know, an opportunity to do some brand refreshing. If you weren't at the uh, branding workshop last week, there might be some inspiration you can find from Claudia's workshop. Um, you know, we want to we wanna make sure that how our, we appear on the web does look modern so that people feel like that the content is going to be modern. If we have a website that looks outdated, that looks 15 or 20 years old or whatever it might be, people might think that the content is also outdated. So that's just something to be aware of that you know, people's first glance and first impression, they are going to be looking at, you know, how's the style? Can I trust this person? Okay, it looks like their design is great. That means they, they might be a more trustworthy person on the internet. So looking at the traffic, if the traffic has been low, then it's, it could be a traffic piece. You're just not getting enough people. Um, and if the traffic is still coming in, then it might be, you ne might need to just refresh your branding, your messaging, and, and create a, a more cohesive funnel for people to come into your world. Um, but regardless of those things, just as a, an idea drop, um, 
you've had this great success with your courses. Perhaps there's other platforms who have grown through the rankings and are big leaders in your industry. You could consider licensing your courses to them, and they're already growing the in the the um, they're already growing an audience. And instead of worrying about growing your audience on your platform, you take what's already working, what you've already sold, because it clearly shows on your website that you have a track record, that you've done amazing stuff, and that you've been a leader in your field for a long time. And so if you switched your focus from building your thing and you just did a Google search and you spent two hours finding all of the people, companies, organizations, apps, whatever it might be, that are selling courses, programs, educational content in the areas that you specialize in and you approach them and say, hey, I'm David. This is what I've been doing the last 20 years. I'm looking for partners to license my content with. I have this course, this course, and this course, and this is how many people have done them, and this is how much money I've made. Would you be interested in, in having a conversation? And starting with that, because there might be other people out there be like, we would love to license your course and we'll you know, we'll pay $20,000 down and 20% of all sales, or we'll, you know, we'll license your content and we'll split the, the revenue 50-50. And then you can just go about your business and create the courses and the content and worry less about building the audience. You don't have to do both. And you can still, you know, be branded as David and you still have your courses in this body of work and, and figure out ways to leverage what you've already done. I think that's, for most creators, they've created hundreds of things and they're not leveraging all the things we've done. And what I've done with Magic Media and what, I, what we help our partnerships do is like, how do you leverage the life's work you've already done in the time that we're in right now? And perhaps there's some leverage points that you haven't really looked at because you're going about your business in the way that you have the last 20 years. And maybe it's just for time to rethink your business model. You know, maybe it's you switch to a membership model and you do more coaching and more one-on-one -on -one courses, or maybe it is licensing. I, I think it would be great to, you know, just go for a long walk, bring a journal and think through some ideas that are outside the wheelhouse of what you've been trying to do that is not working right now. Uh, okay, thank you. Everything's not working. I think I've had, <laughs> I think I've had uh, four people in the last two months sign up for a newsletter, four. Well, then it's it's your opportunity to to rethink. And I would say just from personal experience, licensing is a life changing uh, avenue for leveraging what you've already created. You have these assets. If these assets still have value and they still hold true to the work that you do, then there are companies and organizations and educators out there that are their whole lives are devoted to creating and curating the content uh, like the stuff that you've done. And they might be seeking partnerships like the one you have. And if you do two hours of research with Google, you might find those partners. You can create a cover letter, share some samples and reach out and see what's there and just, just test the waters. I mean, I make passive income every single month from meditations I created eight years ago. And I've, that's, you know, it's generated hundreds of thousands of dollars and I have not spent an ounce of energy trying to build an audience for over eight years. So it's just something to understand is there's more ways than the old school way of you build a list and you sell to your list. All right. Thank you very much. You've been extremely helpful and I appreciate it greatly. Please let us know what you decide to do. Uh, after you process and, and digest some of the, the pieces that we've offered feedback on here.
I'm going to go sit on a rock by the lake for a few hours. That sounds wonderful. Take a notebook and a hot drink. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. All right. Is uh, some helpful pieces in there for everybody else as well? That's the wonderful thing about the magic mind is one person asks a question that's relevant to everybody. All right. What's our next question? Claudia, you want to read this one? Sure. This is from Naraya. Naya Stein, is it, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Almost. Naraya rhymes with Mariah. Naraya, got it. Mm -hmm. I was pronouncing it Spanish style. So, um, yeah, well, I love your website. So, Naraya um, wrote that she's creating a sales page for her upcoming launch of a Mighty Network community. Um, she's in the late stage startup. It's called journeymapping.net slash community. I'll put the link of Bradley, if you could put the link in there. Um, yeah. I'm in late stage startup. So at this time, looking for input that would tighten up my offering message, packaging, branding, as well as input on price. I'm writing you late in the game as you're likely to already have a long list of questions. Oh, got it. Oh my um, logistics. Got it. So I, um, I love your, your page. So do you, Want us to share screen, Bradley, and talk through it? Yeah, let's do it. Do you okay. want to share your screen? And I think you got the link I gave you, that community page. I question if that should just be my homepage because I have a homepage there, but this is really the sales page because it evolved into a community. Mm -hmm. You know, and even taking off the top, this just gives a little bit of, oh, mm hmm mm-hmm. And the top well, banner might not be relevant. Well, the question always is, um, what is it that you're offering? It's like when people go to a website, you want people to feel like they've arrived and, you know, take them, take them through the, the different offerings that you have. So if it's more than a community, so you're offering coaching, correct? Correct. But I'm really highlighting community coaching is more high-end that's going to help support me okay. um but the membership community that it just evolved i'm like a creative a probably a lot of is where basically i was creating a course and in the pro, uh, course of uh, researching my software and my platform um i knew i i ended up on mighty networks and it just everything kind of pulled together so community is my main offering and that's where i wonder if that should be the home page um i don't think necessarily but i think that what you could do is have two really easy calls to action right here join the community okay awesome uh, and you know whatever the whatever the first thing is that you want people to take action on should be like right there um okay. And if it is community that you're offering, instead of making it a picture of you at the top, it could be some, you know, that person seeing themselves in that website. So what is that person? What is it that you're offering them through? So I've, anyway, the, I'll show you on the other page. Cause I think that's the one that I actually looked at. That is uh, the one I gave to you guys. Cause that's right. like my sales page and I want your input there, especially. Right. So um, I don't know because this is a Mighty Networks template and I- No, it's not. Oh. This is a WordPress website because Got I did that first. Okay, great. So I don't love this bar. I don't know if there's a way to like remove that or if the template requires that, but if- No, it's not, this is not a template. You mean the colors at the top? 
the actual bar right here that kind of like this section that has oh, the white backdrop yeah no i i did everything i am totally guilty like you of being talented and capable <laughs> and i did all the design i've learned all the tech well first i want to say that it's amazing and you've done an amazing job that's the first piece and i was really impressed your photography is beautiful the content is incredible and all i'm doing now is you said you wanted to refine so i'm going to give you a couple tips real quick to refine it Tell so the first change anything yeah so the, the first thing that i see is what happens when you have a block like that it looks like it's blocking content okay. it looks like it's blocking the image so i would just say if you can remove it great like let's see that gorgeous tree and in, in all of its fullness and i also think that instead of so the tree is lovely but again if you are selling a community and you're selling this experience of feeling vibrant and healthy and connected and i want to see that person represented first on the top of that page because that's where you go oh yes okay i belong here and um, this is what i want so that image of that beautiful woman or people that you're attracting into this community should be first and then there should be a join now right up at the top um and maybe i, I like the heading your holistic hub for midlife transitions and transformation i think that's beautiful and then as you scroll down again um i think the content is great um and if you wanted to spruce things up i mean maybe have a a, a so what do you want this to feel like when people go on this website on this page what do you want people to feel i want them to feel um one heard is that their private thoughts about a struggle or transition are actually so that um they can relate they get there not alone and that there is a a place that's safe and it's holistic it's gonna and my people tend to be a little more in the world you know so they're definitely down to earth kind of people. Great. So then bump this up because this video is beautiful and it's you and you're welcoming them. So that needs to be like the first thing right below the header. Okay. I would bring in the welcome video. And then, um, and then as far as like visually, what is it that you're kind of going for with the look and feel of the page? Like okay. So again, there's a combination of here and people in working clothes, professional clothes. What I wanted was a professional feel so that people who were working, even corporate or that kind of thing, the, most of people are valued. So they work for nonprofits or something like that, but they're in different settings mm -hmm. that they feel comfortable in that. Um, right. At the same time, I clearly have an artistic hippie, whatever, flair to me, and I'm wanting to let that out. Mm -hmm. um, so that people also get, oh, I feel safe here, you know, to, because I find everybody's got that eccentric side underneath and they're really longing to be more themselves at this stage of your life. They're kind of over it. If yeah. They yeah. So again, those are things that in the imagery, you know, I feel like this feels very contained and very professional. It feels very polished. 
However, if you want to let it out and you want people to give, have the freedom to let it out, maybe a little bit more of like a, I think this font could be something a little bit more interesting so that only this one kind of gives a little bit of a pop and a little bit more design, you know, and even if it's just a serif font with a little bit more going on. And I think, again, back to the conversation we had um, earlier about your process. So I see that you've kind of really added a lot of content. I don't know that you need all of this. I think you want to like minimize this to just the essential pieces and then have a little bit more visual interest when you're breaking down things like that, that are important. So for example, this right here is important. You know, that should have either icons or some sort of visual component and maybe even pull that out from that section, because I want to really focus on the things that are important to me are, yes, I'm going through a professional transition. I'm going through a life purpose uh, situation. You know, I'm, I'm struggling. So I want to just call out the things that are more important and really make them pop a little bit more. And same goes for the framework. So down here, you say monthly framework installments include. So I would make that a four column section where you really make those, because those are the, what they're paying for essentially, right? So those are the features that's like what they're getting out of this program really. Um, well, when they add up in their that, head. I want to ask at the end, because mm -hmm. the top is a summary that I recently added. This is one, yes, this is core to keep going. Top, 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 that one. There you go. This okay. is everything they're getting. So there's quite a bit, and that's why at the top based on feedback, but that's a biggie. And mm -hmm. it's too much to digest when you first land. But at the same point, I'm wanting them to get this is a, you know, a, you know, you're to all these, uh, you know, basically a community of support, as well as the yeah. ingredients to find your way in midlife. Yeah. And I didn't see that. I apologize. But this, I think, like I said, this up at the top, and then some sort of um, invitation from you, some sort of like personal statement that's inviting them into the community. And because some people will watch the video, some people won't. So like summarize that video in like three to five sentences, no more, and have that right below the video where you're just inviting people from a personal place into this community. Then you can basically, and I agree, I don't think this needs to be right at the top. Um, I think after that you have this, basically this vibrant collaborative community, then you say we gather in community because, but I think the contents there, it's just really like kind of re refreshing it a little bit and reorganizing it so that some of the, the more important pieces and you're walking people through a journey. So you're basically saying, you know, yeah, it's an invitation into this. So invite them in first, then break it down as far as like what it is. I don't know if that was helpful, but all the other components are there. I don't think you need to like, I mean, you've done a lot of work and it looks really great. And the people that are going to join this are ready to go. So just, you know. Cool. And um, great. And did you click into the journey mapping page like that? Just for visuals, let don't get into content, but mm -hmm. look at the, that's where I kind of started. Just scroll just for visuals. And maybe I should move some of this over, but this is where it starts to say more of content in a visual way. Yeah, I think it's great. The, the visuals are, are great. Give a little bit more space 
and also like when section when image sections kind of stack on each other it's kind of hard so i like to have you know an image and then some white space and then an image and then some other content so it just kind of staggers um and i think other than that though they're great okay good yeah. and i mean one thing just as a from a design standpoint it's cohesion is important, right? So if you have a bunch of um, your own photos and some stock photos and things like that, it can be tricky to kind of get everything to look cohesive and like it's part of the brand. So if you find, you know, what I look at, I usually create a palette where I have all my images and I'll create a filter that just kind of goes over it. Maybe it's really subtle. And I don't know if you have a, a if it makes sense for you to do that, but um, you can do it in Canva really easily where you just kind of create a really um, opaque, uh, high opacity, sorry, low opacity kind of filter. And you can just use like a light black color. All it does is it kind of makes it to where everything's consistent. So you just put that on top of each of your images and then it looks intentional. Like it's all part of one package. That makes sense. And I can do a little bit more of a training on that in the creators club, <laughs> but yeah, this is all, but it looks great. And I think the images are great. And uh, I would just looking at the, the kind of the model for your community um, and what's being offered in there uh, without any respect to design or website or anything. It's just like um questioning the business model for example you know twenty dollars a month I, I don't know how much time you're expecting to have in there twenty dollars a month you need a lot of members to make it a worthwhile investment of your time and energy oh man and i put that for founding members just so that i could get so you see that it's i put it up to 39.99 but you're right I, so I wanted input on this for sure. I suggest when you're doing pre-sales, this we have a 35-day uh, pre-sale process, which we're actually in with the Creators Club right now, where uh -huh. we do five events over the course of five weeks, so roughly 35 days. During the course of, um, of that launch period, you offer some form of uh, special. So a lot of the communities that we've supported the launch uh, in their, their launch period, Creators Club is a little different because this one's an application only um, and there's a lot of coaching involved in the 12-month the commitment. But a lot of the communities that we support the launch of, if you're, say, charging $39 a month as your regular price, then you offer either like a lifetime special for what's, what's 39, 39 times 12... So I'll just say $500 lifetime access to the community. So what you want to do with the launch of your community is to make some money to support you to build your community. And if you're selling like $20 a month, you're, it's really hard to really get it going energetically for yourself. And so I would suggest, and if you don't want to do lifetime access, then you do like two years for the price of one to join the community. And you offer some extra bonuses and perks um, to get people enrolled. And we have a whole whole launch process that, um, that we did a course on uh, with templates and everything like that. But I would, I would suggest rethinking what you're doing here with your, your price because um, you know, 19 a month is, it's gonna be, you're gonna need a lot of people to join as a- What about a 39? 
or 40 basically i mean even even 40 a month that's it's totally fine i would suggest just for your launch period that you don't offer a monthly access you pre-sell say you uh -huh. pre-sell spots for six weeks uh <laughs> to become a founding member and you create a bunch of content and events during that time period of say five six weeks and during that period you offer it as $500 for a year or $500 for two years, regular $40 a month, save X number of dollars. And what that's going to do is if you get your 50 people, you know, if you get 50 people paying you $500 to be a founding member, you're going to make $25,000. That's a nice chunk of money for you to grow a team, to improve some of the design, to make some media, to like serve your community. And those founding members, I mean, I still have people that joined uh, our membership seven years ago as a founding member at our founding member price of like $300 and, and they're still engaged. So, you know, those founding members essentially create the culture in your kombucha, if you know what I'm saying. They're, they're the ones that are going to, to help spread the gospel of the work that you're doing and be the welcoming committee when new members join down the road. And then once you're done your pre-sale launch and all your founding members are in the door, then you change it and say, okay, everybody, if you didn't want to be a founding member, we now have monthly access and you can join for just $39.99 and away you go. But I would suggest doing pre-sales. Uh, it's always worth it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, Michelle, I see you have a question. Thank you. Um, the, um, God. So when we get, I'm sorry, let me just recollect. I, okay. I have Lyme and I'm, I'm getting like a little like nummy in my head sometimes. Um, so we were talking about the pre-sale and what people get. I'm sorry. Um, Naraya, what was the very last thing that you said? Um, uh, before, I, I mean, I, it was, I, I'm not quite sure. Basically, yeah. I had this as a, just a monthly thing. As I, again, I, I see what Bradley's saying, um, but, but I'm not sure. Was it not related to price and membership? No, it, it is. I, I, I'll, I'll, if I think of it, I'll come back. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. We got time. Well, I think one thing that you've mentioned, Bradley, which I agree, is like once you get them at $19.99, it's really hard to then have them expand into any other price point. Like that's the value that they have in your mind in their mind about your program instead of selling the value, which is a year's worth of community and resources and richness. And so they don't associate you with $19.99 a month is the, is the goal, right? So, and I also think again, back to, you're trying to get people to really like commit because if it's a monthly thing, I can come in, I can come out. It's like, it's not that big of a thing, especially right. 1999, you know? And we're going to go through the framework. I'm saying it's going to take 14 months. This is a spacious journey of life reflection and going through it, it's deep. It's just, you know, change is about showing up. It's not about consuming content. And so it's going to take time. Great. So, yeah. That needs to be communicated in your messaging, which would make people justify why I want to join your community for the next two years and pay $500 upfront 
to be a founding member of this journey that I'm embarking upon. Okay, love it. Yeah. I remember what it was now about making things like this accessible, because I, I would imagine, Naraya, that maybe part of the reason that you want to put it at $40 instead of at $75 a month or something is because, like for me, I would, I'm going to be offering holistic wellness. I don't want to make it be like an elitist thing. I would like to have it be available to more people because a lot of people, I'm sorry, we have jets here. A lot of people um, who need the kinds of services that I provide are people who don't really have a lot of money. And they're the, some of the people who can benefit the most from, from the programs, right? So like there's, I'm trying to figure out like with the Founders Club, yes, that they might be then able to help me see the ability to have it more cost effective for lower income people who would really maybe need the, the services who could not otherwise get them or the programs, whatever, and then have people who actually can pay. So I'm like thinking about how do we do like sliding scale or how to make it equitable for everybody or like how, like how do we adjust that? I mean, there's, the there's, there's scholarships, people apply, make them jump through some hoops in order to get discounts. Um, there's licensing on other platforms. There's applying for government grants so you can work for people that are less privileged. You can um, partner with organizations that is like go to an organization that has funding to be able to invest in the types of programs you're doing. It doesn't just have to be a one-to-one -one customer exchange. Right. And that would be separate from the website membership thing. It could be, or it could be a part of it. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to do a business model that generates revenue and sells a product or a service. And so your customer might not be an individual, your customer might be an organization. And that organization could potentially have a private group inside of your mighty network for all of their clients that are part of that organization. Like there's so many different ways to do this. And I've had corporate clients that like, they sell a space inside of their mighty network for $30,000 and they provide coaching. You know, like you can create your business model in many different ways. There's, it's what we're sold in online marketing is it's mostly you're selling a product or a service to a customer, a client, or a company. But there's other ways to go about business that you know you could sell, you could license, you can you can partner, you can get sponsorship money. Like there's all these different things that you can do that still create a monetary exchange and value and also allow for you to provide the service to the people you're really wanting to reach. And if they don't have money, then figuring out a way that you can still serve them and still be paid for the energy that you have if you're at a state in your career where you do need to make money doing the thing that you're doing. Thank you for that. Oftentimes, people that join a free community in something like Mighty Networks, we've done it. Magic Media switched our, our model to a freemium for a six-month experiment where we offered everything for free, including coaching. And it was a terrible fail because people are not invested. They come, yeah. they looky-loo, and they're an absolute pain in the ass. Yeah. And so you don't want that. What you want is people that are invested in the transformational journey. And if you're honest and upfront and you tell them this is a 14-month process, 
and this is why you're paying this people are going to look at the 500 price tag and say why the hell am i only paying 500 if it's 14 months and you're providing all these transformational benefits i mean if i'm getting my life changed why am i only paying 500 this this sounds like a scam <laughs> so i i'm not saying it is i'm just saying like there is uh there is a mental equation that people go through when they they look at a program and Zensho, I know you've charged Zensho on the call here. I know you've charged like fifty thousand dollars for your transformational programs to clients, and people will the right clients will pay that fifty thousand dollars. But you could also go to a different person and only make a thousand dollars. And so we have to really get behind the value that we're providing and understand who we're providing that to at this stage of our career. And if you have people that let's just say are, are lower income that could benefit from your work, then find ways to benefit them with your work. Create a free audio series or create a $20 product or a $50 product. There are ways that you can go about it that you can still serve those people and not essentially, you know, and, and still also make money in other ways. And so. it is absolutely true that people need to invest something because if they don't invest some kind of monetary exchange, then they really, they don't do the work, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exchange is important. The law of reciprocity. All right. Let's, uh, let's carry onwards and upwards. Okay. Gail's question. Um, so there's multiple questions. We may not go through all these, Gail. Uh, but I have a physical space in town that is ready and waiting for business. But in the past, I've had a business and each of them has taken over my life in less than favorable ways. How do I define my offering and availability when I feel like my life is in constant flux? This is a great question. I mean, how many people feel like your life is in a constant flux? Um, it, I think it's just, it goes with the territory of being on a little ball flying through outer space. Uh, there's no guarantees. There's no certainties. Life is, is always in flux. We're evolving beings and we're living in a time in our history where things are crazy, crazy, especially if you pay attention to media, <laughs> it's crazy right now. So I think it's like, you know, there's some, there's some pieces. I, my, my one suggestion is like, we need to own our schedule. So I've had a, a saying that anybody that's been following my work for a long time is schedule your success. So create a 30 day calendar and like take a step way back and reestablish rhythms, reestablish routines and set your self up for success. So that might mean that you do more crock pot cooking that require less time in the kitchen and more time doing the other things that you enjoy that lifetime lifestyle success might be like making your lunch the night before it could be like these simple things of like what are the rhythms and routines that are going to set you up to be your best and establish those commit 100 percent to those so that as you start to incorporate more of your business and opening a space that those take priority over the business that you know, shit's always going to happen with our business. We're always going to have fires that have to be put out, but we have to make ourselves number one. We have to like our energy and our mental and emotional bandwidth have to be number one in, in 
what we're doing in our life. And so if you schedule your success and you really like own it, that you are your boss, that's why we become entrepreneurs is you're the boss. I mean, I have a buddy who has a store here on Salt Spring Island. They only open four hours, four days a week. If you want to buy stuff from them, you go during those hours. Otherwise, you're not buying anything from them. And they're doing just fine. You know, like you can, you can, you don't, we don't have to do eight or nine hours a day. We don't have to do things a certain way. And I always, I highly suggest this has been my arc for 17 years is I want to build my life and create a business around my ideal lifestyle. That's why I play golf every single day. It's why I only work six hours a day. It's like, I have done this with a hundred percent intention. And it's like, it's so important to me because I want to live my life. I, I don't want to be in my business all day, every day. It's why I've built a team. I could probably have more money in the bank account if I had less people on my team, but I'd be working 10 hours a day. I don't want to do that. It's not worth it. So for you, it's like getting really crystal clear about uh, your rhythms, your lifestyle. What are your habits? What are your morning rituals? What are your afternoon rituals, your pick-me-ups that are going to keep you your energy strong and mighty through the afternoon? And what are your evening rituals? Getting clear on those things so that you're empowered to own your schedule and say no and say yes to the things that you want and don't want. Anything else anybody want to add there? I, I wanted to say another, this is another karma piece for me. So this has been a lifelong, but this year, my mantra has been that both healthy Claudia and successful Claudia can exist in the same reality and in the same life. And that's because that core, those core beliefs were kind of aching into my, my reality, which is like, I have to burn myself out to get to where I want to go. I have to work hard to get to where I want to go, like all that. And so when I read your, your question, it was really, to me, I read a core belief that like, if I do business, I have to sacrifice my health and well-being, And that's not the case. So I would say also, you know, the first thing I thought of is, um, you know, we're a byproduct of all the people that we hang out with. So align yourself with people who are doing life and business the way that you want to do it, that are, you know, living their life prioritizing health and well-being and personal life. Like for me, I don't take on clients who expect me to work weekends anymore because I won't. <laughs> so there's personal boundaries that you have to set first and foremost, like design how it is that you're going to live your life before you start and then where your business is going to fit into that. And then everything, the people you collaborate with, the clients you take on, the type of work that you do has to fit those priorities or else it's really easy. In fact, every single thing that you encounter and every person you encounter in the world is going to have their own priorities. And so it's really easy for you to start. Like for me, I'm a really malleable person. Like if I let other people dictate my life, I would constantly be in a sense of like you were saying, feeling like you're in flux and not sure what you're doing. So anchor in what it is you want your life and your day and your routine to look like, and then design a business around that. And then hang out with other people who have that same those same priorities. So, so can you repeat your mantra again, please? <laughs> I think it was something like successful Claudia and healthy Claudia can exist and healthy, vibrant, 
juicy, all the things, Claudia can exist in the same reality. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I've done a lot of deep work around that. So keep keep it, but but it's a day-to-day -day practice. I always look to um Stephen King as a role model. And not that I'm a huge fan. I do like his work and, and you might have your opinions on him, but but we can all agree that he's prolific and a successful writer at his, you know, bear of his craft. But he he sits down at nine o'clock, he writes till five o'clock, and that's it. Doesn't matter what he's doing, he just clocks in and clocks out. He could work all night if he wanted to, but he set his boundaries. I remember reading that once and I was like, that's the way to do it, you know. So when I'm done after, you know, I, I stop at four, I, that's family time. I don't think about what's happening the next day. Maybe I'll write a list at the end of the day. What am I going to work on tomorrow? And then that lets me kind of say, okay, I'm done. And then I clock in the next day and go, all right, now what am I going to do? That's the only way you can do it. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself insane. You're going to, like Claudia said, burn the candle, both ends or, or whatever, you know, like burn yourself out. And uh, it's, it's a real, real problem with entrepreneurship, you know. No, I love that. Thank you. No, I, my husband and I have rental properties right now that we're trying to get rid of. And that's exactly the reason it's like, I swear to God, when we're on vacation in the Caribbean, we'll get a call from since like, are you kidding? We haven't heard from you in what, how many months? And now you want, are you know, it's like, really? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're trying to like, get rid of that for that reason so we can manage our lives better yeah i mean our current reality in covid and the pandemic has really shifted a lot so i think everybody's in that realization of if you didn't realize that you know we are energetic beings before <laughs> this whole thing happened like we're and so anyway, I feel, I feel like people are really making decisions about, okay, what is the energetic expense of this thing not being fully clean or fully clear in my life? And does this need to go? Does that need to go? So I think that's an important thing for business owners for sure, because um, it will require focus for you to create whatever it is you're doing. And so anything that's pulling at that needs to be worth it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly why we're getting rid of them, because I realized I can't well, in theory, it should be simple to collect rent, manage minor repairs and stuff like that. Not a big deal. I, I it, it still disrupts my focus from what my passion is. And so at that point, I realized, no, this simply has to go <laughs> because it's not where I, it kept like smacking me sideways, you know, with my focus. And I'm like, no, this is not working. Alternatively, if it's still a worthwhile investment, you hire a property manager that deals with everything. I mean, you know, the operations person that I hired and will be hiring now because she's, she's not a fit is, you know, they were doing all my invoicing, all my contracts, all of the um, uh, outreach, all of the paying of clients, you know, that's, adds up to 15 hours a month sort of thing. It's, it's a bunch of, it's a lot of hours per month that I just, I don't need to do them. And so if you can hire a property manager and pay them a chunk of what you're making and it still feels like a, a worthwhile investment, then you could go that route too. Okay. <laughs> and I see another question about branding, Gail, um, for the sake of time, do you, Bradley, do you want to just 
have a couple more questions and then if we have time to answer that, we can. Yeah, let's go to, to Diane's question next. I think, do you wanna read that one? Sure. So Diane um, is a professional artist. And as my journey has evolved, I have added wellness modalities such as sound meditation and instinctive meditation to my offerings. I feel that I can combine my modalities and in some cases include my art. So I created my business art of well-being. Um, I've also dedicated an art website, dianecardello.com. Do you want me to share my screen, Bradley? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Here we go. Sorry, sharing. All right, Diane, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, so tell us about your work. Um, well, first and foremost, um, I am an artist. Um, I, I paint intuitively and I use, um, I incorporate healing into my, into my artwork. Um, and people pretty much resonate with my artwork, um, I think as a result of the energy um, that I incorporate with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that's, that's where I began. And then um, I started to add, um, you know, as I said, the different modalities to, to, my, to my work. And I just feel inside, you know, I have, I have all these ideas of just different scenarios that I could do. I just, I get frustrated because I can't, I can't bring them to fruition. So I just, I just really hit a wall. Um, I, I, I love working with people. I love sharing what I do. I, um, but I'm, I'm so technically challenged and my puppy is, <laughs> I've been, I've been praying that he would stay asleep. So I apologize. Um, so I just, I have all the challenges and, um, it just, like I said, it makes me hit a wall. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say your art is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have, I want it. Um, so <laughs> it's um, <for> sale. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know I checked it out. Um, so I would say, first of all, you're an artist, you're a true artist. And you said the first word you said was feeling that people get a feeling from your art. And that's what you're conveying through the medium of, you know, this mixed media work that you do. So I would say to translate that to the web, you need to work with a fellow artist. <laughs> and I wouldn't say this to every single person. If you were just selling an online course or whatever, you don't necessarily need that. But I will say that to translate what you do on, on, on uh, you know, a canvas to the web, you do need to work with someone who can translate your vision to that. So hiring a web designer, once you get clear on, you don't have to spend a ton of money. You can, you can source some really beautiful artists actually who can just implement your vision. So I would say to what we can help you with or what you know the strategy process will save you a lot of time, money and energy is to get really clear about what it is you're offering over here. Because once you're clear about that, I mean, I think the thing that's missing on here is your art. <laughs> I would say if you're using your art as the medium to translate the, the healing work that you do, um, let's start with that. Let's bring them into that experience and that feeling through having your art be first and, you know, front and center. And, and then I photograph I, that I did that also. That's beautiful. So make that yeah. like, don't contain it, make it like an immersive Huge. experience. Um, and also then, you know, it's really important I think 
right now you're kind of just listing what it is that you do kind of this a la carte menu. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that, oh, sorry, under services. So that's another thing that, you know, if you wanted, you could put this under about just so people can get, how do I work with you? It needs to be right. front and center. And instead, and do you have like a center at, do you, how do you work? Like what's your space? Well, it's, it's actually back in my home. I had a place, um, pre COVID and had to shut it down. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really working at building it back up. Um, because when I move out into the world to try to incorporate all this, I want a big space, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to have, um, you know, like big, big retreats where you can do like art and the meditation together. Um, mm -hmm. I love to teach. So I want to be able to teach art classes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, part of what drew me to this, you know, to you guys is, you know, I live in a little town who, um, you know, they never heard of sound meditation. So, you know, I, I just feel like I have all these mountains to climb and, um, you know, educating people as to what it is, hauling my, my gong and all my bowls out to do sessions with people so they can get a taste of what it is. So I, I think I need to, to step back and like you said, figure out what is it that I want to put out there and be able to reach the masses in a way that seriously, I have a 30 inch gong that, you know, I'm lugging <laughs> to well, go to venues. <laughs> and I, I want to say two things on that. One is you don't like, we all need to hear this, but this is just to trust that we are being guided to offer ourselves in these ways. This isn't something that's just you and your ego trying to do. So this is a service and people are going to find you. I trust that. Um, so you just need to get really aligned to what is the, the offering that's really authentic to you, that feels really like what you're here to do and how you want to serve. And then allow it to be really effortless. When people get there, it's just like a big yes, you know, and I will um, actually send a couple links through Bradley too about other people. If you go to Instagram right now, this is like mm -hmm. all the rage. <laughs> People are finding sound meditations and sound vibration, sound healing. It's like really epic how people are translating it to virtually. So they're doing sound bath experiences through Zoom, which is like, you know, incredible and obviously not like the real deal, but it's something. And right. so people need healing. And what we're going to, you know, hopefully we can help you with is just to really package it and to deliver it in a way that can be both virtual and in-person, first of all, as an option. And when they get here, that maybe there's something even where instead of this a la carte menu, people don't really know what they need. So right. take them through an experience, you know, package something that is for maybe first time, you know, newbies to sound bath or by, um, a topic or issue that they're facing, you know, if it's a, if it's a calming and relaxing grounding experience, then you sell that. And what does that include versus, you know, again, like ordering off a list uh, at a restaurant, which people don't really know. And if, if okay. you're guiding them through that, then I would create your website in a way to where you're kind of walking them through those experiences. Yeah. And I had a bad experience. The person that created this, um, I feel so disconnected from it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, I paid good money for it and it's like, so now I, I just feel like I need to start over. 
Well, you're never going to start from scratch. So you learned a lot from that. You have a structure, you have something that came, you know, some clarity that came through. And I, I will tell people all the time, it's an evolution. You know, if I were to show you my first website, woof, <laughs> and, um, you know, but that's how we grow and that's how we get more clear. So don't think that it's all for nothing. You have something there. Now you get to really, you have the contrast and the wisdom now, I think, and the experience of saying, okay, that doesn't work for me. Here's how it will work better. So okay. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That was helpful. <laughs> yeah. But your, your work is beautiful. The intention that you're, you know, what you're trying to create is beautiful and it's, it's going to come together. Thank you. You're welcome. I love the point that you made about, um, the sound sound baths for newbies or something like that, like just creating uh, an accessible, non woo woo experiential way for skeptics to come. Or it could even be sound healing for skeptics, and like <laughs> creating open door space. When I taught five hundred meditation workshops uh, between two thousand nine and two thousand twelve, how I did that. I had, I had my own meditation space and the door was open three to four days a week for two and a half years. And when you add that up, that's a lot of people that came through my door. That's a lot of experience. My reputation grew that evolved into the online meditation stuff. And that's blossomed into so many other things. Um, and I, I think like rhythms are really, really important as a creator. It builds trust. It helps the word spread. Somebody comes, they have an experience. If the next sound bath for skeptics isn't for another month, that's a long time. People forget mm -hmm. about it. There's a lot of information going into people's brains. We need to like, if we're here to do the work that we're here to do, we need to be doing the work more often. Um, you know, that's the, it's, if this is our Dharma, if your Dharma is doing sound baths, you should be doing a sound bath. Like, you know, once or twice a week. And what I found with my meditations, there was once out of the 500 workshops where I was the only one that showed up. <laughs> that happened once out of 500. Every other time, the exact perfect people showed up, always. And you just need to have regular rhythms that people know. It's like, Tuesday nights, sound healing for skeptics. <laughs> you know, it's like... Great. Okay. I'll, I, I, cause what's going to happen is people are like, Oh, I heard about those. I plan to make it. And they might hear about it for three months and then they'll finally come out and they'll have a life-changing experience and become a client. And this becomes their path. But if it's, if we're erratic with our schedules, then we're not creating a foundation where people can trust that we're going to be there when they need us or when they're ready. Mm -hmm. So just want to share that. That's true makes me think of, uh, of the gong. We hit it. And if you wait too long, again, the vibration dies down. Then you have to start over. But if you hit it and then it's halfway gone, you hit it again, it just resonates and it keeps exponentially building this uh, vibration like that. More That's my dog playing the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a duo. Perfect. I do. <laughs> okay. That's Thank great. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, next questions, Michelle. Oh, cool. Thanks. I was just going to ask, cause I also do sound healing and you mentioned doing sound healing over zoom, but so far, and I'm, I'm imagining it's just a matter of plugging in the proper type of microphone because so far 
when I've tried to do sound healings over Zoom, it's awful because the most of the resonance of varying instruments doesn't carry over. But when I've done sound healing with people on their phones, it seems to be okay. I don't, I don't know. That's, but, that's a more technical question. Yeah. Sure. Neil can <laughs> answer that. And I think, you know, all of this, right. We're, we're like translating these live experiences as much as we can, or as best as we can. So it's not ideal to do it over zoom, but I do know what I would recommend is following some people. If you can find people on Instagram is like a great place. If you just, you know, hashtag sound bath or sound therapy, you'll find a bunch of people and see how they're doing it and just see, you know, what format works and what doesn't, because people are experimenting right now. Nobody has the right answers, but you need uploading a pre-recorded thing works. Exactly. Yeah. But if you want a live experience, look for people that are doing it and message them say hey your experience was epic what software did you use and then they'll might get back to you and be like oh this is what i'm using and be like ah that just saved me 10 months of experimenting and having crappy results (laughs) and then at least you know what you need to get in order to create an equal experience uh one of my good friends has been doing a lot of live streaming that you can check out. His name is Parangi. Um, so Parangi is an amazing artist. And he's he'll loop like 30 different instruments for his live stream sessions. And the quality is world-class. Another amazing uh, musician who does a lot of live streaming is Elijah Ray, another friend of mine. And he, again, like he's been live streaming for years. He's got it down. Go check out Elijah Ray and Parangi's live streams on YouTube and Instagram. And I mean, these, these guys, they've been doing it for a long time. So awesome. check out what they're doing. <laughs> it is possible to get perfect, crisp sound and experience with what you're doing because others are doing it. Um, and the... Uh, so some of your questions, social, the one question, Claudia, I think you have an answer for, do you know of any socially environmentally conscious web hosts? Yeah. So my, oops, sorry. I, yeah, I'm unmuted. Okay. My tried and true is a company called, um, SiteGround. So I, there are a lot of other ones. I love SiteGround. Um, and I find that, um, it's not just environmentally conscious that you need to look at. It's like the whole package, right? So of all the Um, and I'll just put, I mean, this is an affiliate link, so just full transparency, but, um, if you guys want to check it out, SiteGround is a great option for the speed, the quality, the support. So the thing that I think a lot of the other cheaper ones don't tell you is, yeah, it's cheap, but it'll take you 24 hours to get a hold of anyone or you're going to actually, oh, sorry for interrupting it. They were actually on the top of my, cause I did a lot of research on this, like last year. And they were on the top of my list. Yeah, so I'll I'll write something about this, but I had, you know, 10 years of a nightmare experience with different hosts and host companies being bought out and things like that. And then I got my whole 
posting environment kind of hijacked by one of the companies. So that experience forced me to really do a lot of homework and go look for like the people who are going to be partners for me in my business. And because I never wanted to have that experience again. And SiteGround has been that for almost five years now. And they're amazing and you know, tried and true. And they're on the Google ecosystem now. They've moved all their servers over to Google servers. So Google is doing some sort of like sort of one-for-one uh, -one, like energy exchange thing program. So it's of all the options right now, I would say like SiteGround and the Google platform is probably the best to, to work with. Because yeah, we're in interesting times. <laughs> yeah, but oh, was there another question, Bradley? Yeah, Neil, do you want to ask the, do the one about Anchor or about uh, podcasting? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, Michelle, you had asked, uh, what platforms do you recommend for presenting podcasts? And I think all three of us agree that Anchor is probably the, the best right at the moment. You know, it, they're pretty much free. You just upload your things. They make it super simple for you to, to create a podcast and share it out with the world, which is great. I think they just, I think I just heard something that with them also that you can maybe do they partner like with Spotify or something so like you can have music in the background and stuff is it them who's um yeah you can mix a show on anchor um I think Spotify bought anchor okay. uh and you can good. also I mean when you upload a podcast to anchor um, once you have your accounts all set up properly, it automatically feeds it to all the other podcasting platforms. So in one upload, your podcast goes out everywhere. Awesome. I mean, you can also do that through uh, SoundCloud's RSS feed system, which we do for the Making Magic podcast that I've been doing for years. But it's a much more complex setup process to get SoundCloud synced to Spotify and mm -hmm. iTunes. And so if you just want the least headache free way to get your podcast off the ground immediately, right. I would recommend you do Anchor. Okay. And then what about VPNs? What's like, a VPN? Like, a, like the private. So like, let's say for instance, I have clients that their, their information is private, like HIPAA. I mean, some of, some, some of the work I do needs to be HIPAA compliant. And so like the VPN is like a, a private, I guess it doesn't show your IPO or something or not, not IP IP address. Pardon? Yeah. That. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. We have to look more into that, but. Um, I think it depends on your particular situation, like where you're going to be storing documents and with people's information is usually what needs to be HIPAA compliant. So I'm not sure what it is that you're, referring so to like for instance like let's say i have an intake form mm -hmm. on the on the website and people fill that in and they're putting you know their date of birth and their medical history sometimes right like certain things about their medical history so it needs to stay private and it's coming over the internet and so um so there's I, I a called the vpn there's there's a bunch of ways to address this, so I'll just keep it simple. But but you can use a form tool. Acuity scheduling, for example, is something I use with clients who are therapists who need this to be HIPAA compliant. Their system and their forms and their whole ecosystem is HIPAA compliant. So you can use that if it's just an intake form and you also want to benefit from the scheduling. That's a good resource. But again, this could you can Google a bunch of different alternatives for that. But 
That's a good one that I know and, and trust. Thank you. Yeah, I did a bunch of that research also last year. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I think Andrea had one and then Zensho also added one in. Do we have a few minutes to take those? I am more than happy to, to go over time to, to get to the last two. And um, for anybody that does have to go, check out the, uh, the application form for the Creators Club in the next nine days or less. If you want more of this type of focus coaching, it also comes with one-on-one -on -one coaching. And there's a lot of resources and templates and things that are gonna make your life easier and better inside the club. And especially, especially around podcasting, which Michelle also asked about, because I think that's a hot topic. So we're putting together like um, a gear list um, that is going to be sort of the equipment and the best options for getting your own podcast going, how to actually set it up. What are the marketing considerations? How to, um, you know, make sure that the technical pieces are set up, how to market it, et cetera. So that's a big topic that we'll address there as well. All right, so uh, next question, Andrea. So she's looking for feedback on her website. Uh, she also asked a question about licensing your content to apps, companies, and institutions. So who are those companies? Uh, it depends on what industry you're in. So I would suggest, you know, let's just say you do hypnotherapy or you do guided meditations. Just look up top 25 apps for yoga, top 25 apps for meditation, top 25 apps for music, whatever it might be, depending on your industry, look for those apps, write a strong cover letter for when you reach out. After you write a strong cover letter, have like one or two samples of your work that are top shelf, include those in your cover letter and include like your three proudest accomplishments in the work that you do in the world. Um, and, and submit that to those 25 apps. And if you can get a handful of them to start paying you for your work, that's how you get licensing. And the more apps that approve you, the more credibility that goes up and the more doors you can open. I've got another new app that we're just in negotiations with right now. Like it just, that's how it happens is you, you start with one, you put the cover letter together, the samples of your work, your credibility, and you just reach out cold. And, you know, they have people on their team that are looking for talent that they can put on the, the apps. That's just, that's their business model. Um, so yeah, just fill in the, your industry, fill in the blanks, look for the apps and you will, you'll find a whole bunch. There's so many. Um, so let's do the website review. Claudia, do you want to share your screen and go through that again? You've done such a good job of that so far. Thanks, Bradley. All right. All right. So this is um, Yarmini Mountain Meditation. And Andrea's not on the call anymore, I don't believe. So I'll just quickly go through what I, a couple few things that I noticed. So first thing, as we've already discussed, um, sometimes as business owners, we overlook some of the very basic things. Um, so there's no way for me on this website. So it looks really beautiful. And I love her image. I think it's great. There's no way for me to hire her for anything. <laughs> <laughs> or pay her any of my money. Um, so I want to first and foremost, make it not just a contact form because people, if they have to think they won't take action. So even a contact people think, Oh, just contact me. Well, let me just 
sign up for a thing, <laughs> you know, even if that's a free consultation or come to my event here, I have a weekly, again, that rhythm that Bradley was talking about, create a weekly event that you can offer, even if it's virtual or in person or whatever, but there has to be a way for people once they come here to take an action and engage with you, or you've potentially lost that momentum. And the next piece is, again, we're sharing immediately about me, I, <laughs> instead of you, how can I serve you and where you're coming from? So we want to first address why would people come here? So I like come learn the fun art of meditation. Great. Um, then the visuals need to represent that somehow too. So if you're saying, if you're essentially saying fun art, et cetera, that needs to be the energy of the imagery and everything else that you share. Um, but what she also says in here is come explore. So I love that. Uh, meditation is an adventure. I believe benefits can change your life. I can coach you. So again, I, I, but then it's, then you'll be able to practice on your own. So that is the thing. So for people who are coming here, if she's offering that as a, you know, brand offer, brand promise, then that needs to be up at the top, you know, come learn the found, you know, come learn the basics of meditation. So you can event, so you can practice on your own, or so you can explore the benefits on your own, whatever that is, but that's how you tie it into what is the yeah. thing that people are going to want from you and offer that right at the top. And then how can people do that? Should be, be as simple as learn to practice meditation on your own and everything on the page is pointing people in that direction. The copy is all right. around that topic. That's right. So, yeah. So good foundation and with those kind of um, pieces in place, I think, you know, then you've got engagement, right? As soon as people get here. I would also say having a free audio meditation that mm -hmm. people can hear your voice, feel your energy and experience your guidance would be a massive selling feature on there so that they're like, they can put on some headphones and listen for 10 minutes, have an experience, be like, okay, I want to go deeper here. Mm -hmm. I also want to mention that uh, I love all those points and about engaging and everything, but a way to take a site like this um, and also like your business site, Diane, to the next level and really make it engaging in a quick way is to just invest in a, a logo, something that ties it all together. Logo is like a, a nice rug. It ties the whole room together. If, if you have Yarmany Mountain Meditation with, with even a mountain behind it, it might make it pop in something people can get behind, like a mascot for a sports team. You're like, I get that. I love this brand. You know, um, with your, Diane, with your art site, it kind of works with just the font because it's almost like a, a blank gallery in a way where a gallery gets out of the way. So it's just the art is able to stand out. And that's the focal point. But for your, your business or this one, you can incorporate a mountain or you can incorporate uh, one of your bowls into your logo with the different, you know, the palette that you have going on with the greens and the browns. I think it could be really cool. So it's just a yeah. thought. And logos don't, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on a logo. You can go get icons from stock sites and find the one that really works with the branding. And, and that can be your logo until you're ready to get one custom made. Yep. And they can go on your business cards and go on shirts. You can go on, you know, your letterheads, everything. So then now everything has this sort of through line going about it. Do we, 
want to address Sensho real quick and then yeah, that'd be great. Let's, the shelves. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, because I have another call in nine minutes that I'll have okay. to Okay, Sensho. Let me pull up your site. Actually, um, Sensho Trauma Freedom Formula, right? Yes. And he, so he has a question here, uh, and Zensho, maybe you want to tell us which, do you want us to focus on the website or do you want us to focus on the question you posted in the chat? Oops. Oh, you're muted. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Maybe start on the website because I, I'm, uh, I'm at a new phase of my life in a business. I'm going to up, you know, update this, uh, uh, this week, if I can. So it looks like um, there's not, it's not 100% complete. So from what I'll, I'll share now, I guess, is the top and the bottom look like two different websites. So obviously color cohesiveness would be a thing, but also from a content perspective, I'm wondering if you need it to be a multi-page site or if it can just be a one-page website, since most of the content is pretty short and sweet on the other pages. And it actually feels more like a sales page type of offer that you would have. So that's just one question and also maybe suggestion. Sure. Um, I, when I had, I was invited by a number of naturopathic physicians to give a lecture at an international conference for mm -hmm. naturopathic doctors. And I didn't have a website at the time. So I put something, this is what I put together for them. And that was before I knew anything about landing pages and opt-in and so you know there's some great content here but you know I just want to get this cleaned up so that but my main uh, my main thing is going to be putting together a uh, an opt-in page where where I don't have all this other stuff okay. just to start building an email list because I you know I don't have an email list yet I, I just didn't know about all this marketing stuff and by the way Recently, the website was hacked and a bunch of photos have disappeared. And so it's a it's a mess right now. But, you know, the, some of the basics are there. Yeah. So I do think you could very much put this onto a one page sales page for whatever it is you are offering. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is figuring out you mentioned something about your audience not being 100 percent clear. So really clarifying who it is that's coming to this and what it is that they're, why would they want to opt in to your offering? Um, but then, yeah, so it's two pages basically it's, or maybe three, because you want the main sales page where they come, then you want the opt-in page that you lead them to perhaps if it might just all happen on one page, actually nowadays uh, it's more streamlined. And then the thank you kind of welcome page where they download the thing or they get whatever the follow-up messages. Um, and that's pretty much it. So who is your main audience that you were thinking about for this? Well, again, I, I've never had a, I've only had referrals. Okay. So I'm, these days, I, just in the last week or so, I've been thinking like, who the hell would be a, <laughs> a great audience? And it occurred to me, perhaps, uh, you know, health and wellness practitioners who are, are already engaged in healing. And uh, even some people who are trauma experts I've never heard of this technique. And, you know, the people that have gone through it all tell me it's the fastest, most efficient thing that they've ever found for trauma. And it's the only thing that also, not only is your trauma dissolved, but the end point is you end up 
you know, with a direct undeniable experience of your true being, your, your actual essence. So it's got some multi-dimensional benefits. So that's why it occurred to me, maybe uh, people who are already practitioners and may want to, want to get trained in this modality and some of the other ones that I have. And sometimes you don't even need to exclude people. You can just say that you just want to funnel them to the information that's relevant to them. So maybe you have a for professionals and for individuals type of language where, you know, people who are either working with trauma and doing it professionally, whether they're, they're you know, and, and want this information from a professional standpoint or people who are looking to heal their own trauma individuals. And like, what would that look like for them to get that information? So again, it's like more like, we're creating the, we're letting people know because when they come to a website, they have no idea. So you're needing to let them know why is this relevant to them? And then how can they use this information and how can they engage with it? So that's, I think the two maybe main buckets, I would say, if that's relevant to what you're doing and then creating a different user experience for each of those people. Okay. Yeah. I definitely feel like a, a long-term uh, doing a teacher training of this training practitioners uh, would be amazing. And so figuring out what that program would look like, how long it would be, what the charge would be. Cause I know like, you know, you have worked with high-end clients doing this work. And so, I mean, for a practitioner that's used to getting paid a hundred dollars an hour or something like that, having this tool belt where they could get paid, you know, five times that, if they were to get certified with you like that to me is uh, it's an amazing opportunity for them. And I think it would be ideal and it would help fit into their toolbox of things that they're already doing. So I think you're definitely on the right track and you should do some visioning around um, what that would look like and how long the training would be and all those questions. Yeah, I got, I got the training uh, already broken down in my mind to let, two levels and you know the first one is a really intensive on the whole the whole foundation and the second one will be a, a more advanced one for all this more specific stuff uh, that gets people even more fantastic results amazing i'm excited to see it come together but um i think as far as the i think bradley was there another question in here i like the pink on the website. <laughs> I, I think the pink's a good color. I, I like it. Right. I love that you like it and I don't dislike it, but the first thing I think is Planned Parenthood. So um, <laughs> this is just to say that color, when it's owned by a certain brand, especially when those brands are bigger, you kind of need to just honor that. Um, <laughs> I actually don't mind it, but I do think you want to mix it up. So pink is, it's a lot of pink. And so if you are going to use it, maybe have it be an accent and not like the only thing up at the top. Okay. Well, that's interesting because uh, trauma, uh, having kids <laughs> is traumatic, but yeah. I hear what you're, I hear your point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the content, I mean, I think once you get really clear again, like you're, and just put it all on one page, I think it'll be much more juicy that way um, to just kind of flow through what it is you're offering. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you very much, both, all of you. Great. You're welcome. Well, this is great. We got through it. Woohoo! <laughs> You guys did fantastic. Thank you very much.
was fun. Just yeah <laughs> that's the power of the magic mind way to go everybody uh these were some awesome questions it was fun to go through them it felt like there was a lot of questions that were relevant to the group which is always nice um well this was our final event for the uh for the uh the creators club launch celebration so thanks everybody it's been wonderful to get to know all of you that have been coming out regularly, that's been super cool. We hope to see you inside the club. Uh, if you have questions, reach out. And when you fill out the application, you get the opportunity to set up a call with us as well to go through questions and concerns, considerations, all the things to make sure it's a good fit. We really only want people that this is like, this is the right time and the right fit for what you need and what you're trying to do. Um, and I imagine uh, we'll probably do like a monthly public event uh, for non-members just as a way to uh, keep the fire stoked and alive so that people know that when we do open the doors again, that there will be a space. Um, yeah, this has been really fun. It's been great. Uh, it's been really nice getting into a weekly rhythm of teaching again. So that's been great. Absolutely. So grateful for all of you and your contributions. The questions were really had, had us thinking really and deep and diving in and really reflecting on our own journey. So it's been such a win-win um, really. And thank you. Thank you for showing up. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Rock and roll. See you all again soon. See you soon. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>